Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok, and I almost said from the center of the valley. <laughs> uh, that was a beautifully Shatner-esque introduction to our Star Wars podcast. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Uh, we're all in different parts of L.A., only me, <laughs> only I. I'm sitting in the valley, not quite the center. I don't know why that popped in my head. Everyone, we here are here to talk about Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago, and we have some official Star Wars news to discuss. 
Oh, we always love when we get to catch it before we record. Uh, we'll be diving into the Acolyte casting news and the plot synopsis. A lot of great stuff there. We'll be talking Kino Loy and your Snoke theories where they don't <laughs> belong. Uh, coming up here shortly. Before we get to all that, we want to remind you that, to, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And a little bit later, we'll have our four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Before we do that, we'll catch up here. Traveling is uh, n- the name of my game. So before we get to my story, so uh, pitch it to uh, you, Jen. What was your uh, Star Wars adventures this last week? My Star Wars adventure this past week was going to Build-A-Bear. I finally made it. (laughs) I did it. And let me tell you, I felt a little weird. I I was walking in with Grogu (laughs) around my, around my, you know, my crossbody. I was, he was in the satchel (laughs) and I marched right into Build-A-Bear early morning for only person there. Thank goodness. Cause that that would have been even weirder. And I, felt like a kid again i was just so excited to find grogu an outfit i had to restrain myself because there were so many to choose from and <laughs> i ended up finding the most perfect grogu and mando little uh pajamas and <laughs> some bunny slippers wow it looks so ridiculous and then i got him a cute little headband because i know my girls would like that <laughs> so i can't wait to I have a little christmas set up i'm gonna put it up so he's ready for the holidays and i'll share it uh, hopefully next week or something see this is great In- it, it, yeah Go ahead, go this ahead. is this is partially an effort to get your girls to engage more fully with this grogu right to see that he has a body you know what at this point, I kind of felt like it was more for me. But yes, that was <laughs> when I started to get a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, this is for my kids. I'm, I'm doing this for my kids. But am I? I don't know. I almost no. bought the little aerial fin and tail for him. There was even a yeah. really cute Moana dress. I was tempted. Wow. <sighs> Gosh, I think it's great to to have a sense of play even when you're an adult. I'm that's that's a happy <laughs> picture of you marching in there at the crack of dawn. Are you open yet? Great. Let's go. Look, I, I'm not one to openly campaign for sponsors, but can Build a Bear find Jennifer Land on TikTok? Can we do this? Oh my gosh. Uh, I've heard that people have been carrying uh Grogu around in like these rocket backpacks and stuff like that. And now I mm. totally understand. It's fun. It's like this little friend, and it does kind of feel in some ways like you are you know, yeah. Ma- uh, Mando going around town. Um, but yeah, so I can't wait. I'm going to set that up maybe tomorrow. <laughs> this is great. This is just like a branding thing. I, you know, I, I assumed that build a bear, you could only build a bear. I didn't know it was build a bear, clothe a Grogu. I didn't know you could do both. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. This little Kermit the Frog body. I, I had to, I said, it's a salesperson. I was like, can you help me take off his clothes? <laughs> it was like right above him was this like picture of a baby. And it just was so fitting. <laughs> there yeah. I am changing him into his little outfits. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yes. <laughs> that was my uh, weekend. The Build-A-Bear empire expands to more creatures. Love that. Love that. Uh, Joseph, uh, I guess you didn't go to Build-A-Bear this weekend. Uh, sadly, I did not. I would like to mm-hmm. now. I, I got to go check that out. Uh, I had some good Star Wars adventures. I made a little bit of uh, Star Wars time. I was rereading the uh, 
well, not uh, rereading, we listened to the audio and reviewed the audio of Dooku Jedi Lost, uh, but we have had the book of it, yeah. of the script for a long time. So I finally uh, read that and that was really great. Uh, I think I retain things a little bit better when I can just see them in print. Mm. So a lot of fun details popped out and a lot of great emotional canon that just tracks absolutely wonderfully uh, with Tales of the Jedi. So it was nice to continue my uh, my Dooku fever, my Christopher <laughs> Lee fever and spend some more quality time with Dooku. Uh, I finally started rewatching Rebels. It's just like my like, hey, I got to watch something short while I'm eating breakfast. Um, and yeah. I watched the first four episodes and really yeah. enjoying uh, both the big ideas and the fact that it does start out with some some big broad comedy as well as some deep heartfelt ideas and just mm-hmm. the time capsule of watching i feel like i'm watching 2014 <laughs> uh, it's really fun yeah. to see it again in in a new light uh, so there's some of my my star wars adventures uh, lots of different fun life adventures uh, but i specifically wanted uh, to follow up on all of the promoting i've been doing on four center of the short film peace fight, uh, which I made that I'm in and Ken's in and our friend uh, Mark Ellis is in. I had specifically uh, made a big ask of uh, listeners, followers, friends here on four center to support the video. Um, I had a goal of hitting a thousand views in the first week and it was real close to that. It was like the next day it hit a thousand. So it's good enough for me. And it's uh, it continues to, to tick up each day. Uh, and I just wanted to take a moment to really specifically thank uh, four center listeners. I, I think that, you know, we're aware that you're all here to hear the three of us, uh, discuss star Wars. Um, but we also do all have these other things going on mm-hmm. and obviously nobody needs to support four center, but they specifically don't need to go <laughs> support, uh, <laughs> our other things. Uh, but I was just really thinking about how kind it was that a lot of people very vocally said, Hey, yep, I'm coming over here from four center and really engaged uh, with the short film. And it just got me thinking about the fact that, you know, the three of us all love Star Wars, but we all have different creative pursuits. And and we always have, you know, from stand up to acting to uh, to great dance videos in in public spaces. That's when that one's on Jennifer. Um, All sorts of different creative pursuits. And I think we're always going to as well as doing four center. And I think that's part of kind of what makes four center what it is, the fact that we have these other pursuits. So it was a I really appreciated the support from four center listeners. And I really uh, appreciated that it made me just sort of stop and think about kind of who the three of us are and and what we do and why. So uh, thanks to everyone who supported that. And uh, and thanks uh, to you both, Ken and Jennifer, for being Mm. so supportive of the short film. Uh, Very Mm. supportive of you to directly be in it, Ken. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And just for everything. So, yeah, that was my thought. No, great stuff. Uh, Yeah. And I'm with uh, with you on that idea of like, you know, four center listeners you know you're here to hear us talk star wars and and that's 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 all i need out of the deal right come come hang out <laughs> talk Star Wars. but yeah uh, there's so many other things we love doing and and i love there's something special uh when when like i'm doing my music show on on saturday nights live when i can and someone pops up and they're like hey it's so and so from four center i don't know Aww. it just feels a little extra like oh okay you don't just need me to talk about Greedo. <laughs> talk about the gin blossoms too. So I know what you mean. <laughs> the Greedo gin blossoms overlap is, <laughs> is great. Yeah. So, so thanks everybody. Awesome. Awesome. My adventures uh, were, were many. I had a lot of fun. Traveled to my hometown, uh, Royal Grande, California to, to attend and be part of something um, called the Central Coast Entertainment Expo put on by the Central Coast Film Society. It's a group I've been working with for a couple of years uh, Chris, Daniel, and Sarah, kind of the uh, leaders of it, 
and uh, Sarah was uh, like a, a Schmodown fan and we had met a couple years ago to live event. She says, Hey, I'm from your hometown. I've got this group. Would you like to come do some stuff with us? And so I've been working with them on, on and off for the year, but this was their first big expo and that's daunting. And that's so daunting mm-hmm. uh, to, to put together. And they were at the, this, this Clark center, uh, performing arts center, which is actually on my high school campus. Now it wasn't there when I graduated, they were just getting the votes in the city to see if they wanted mm-hmm. to do it. And wow. it's impressive. It's a giant theater with great sound, a side theater where now the high school drama department is, which was great side rooms and they put on this entire con this expo this convention and you had members of the 501st there you had costume lighting displays i was on a panel on building fandoms and i was out in the lobby uh you know hawking copies of my book like a used car salesman <laughs> and it was a lot of fun it was such a well-organized event and uh really shout out to to sarah daniel and chris uh, for putting that on and um and they're like you're like part of the family when you're when you're working with them so it was real impressive met a ton of star wars fans and i made a point to tell myself, I'm just going to listen to what everyone says first. And not that I, you know, I'm not a boy. Ah, let me tell you my opinion. But a lot of times I get asked and I'll admit the last year or so I've, I've found myself pre-defensive whether I need to be or not. Someone says, how do you, Hey, do you like Andor? I go, yes, but here's 15 reasons. I like book of Boba Fett too. <laughs> right. And that might not even be the conversation. Um, but we had a lot of conversations about star Wars and I'll tell you, it was being around film folks. They have some strong opinions. I'll just say that <laughs> about what works, what they like. And it was great to just uh, hear the opinions. And the consensus is this, they love Andor and <laughs> man, I'm there for that. I'm there for that conversation. And it was a lot of fun to hang out. So if you uh, said hi to me or you're listening to me uh, now uh, after you heard me uh, blabbering up there, uh, welcome. This is Force Center. As I as I th- warned in, in the panel, we go in deep here, but we also have a lot of fun. So thank you to all, all that I met and uh, I'll be back next year and we'll let you all know all about it. Yeah, this, that's great to hear about your your Jedi journey of uh, trying to take a, a deep breath. Uh, I'm picturing some real Mace Windu vibes of like, all right, I need I need to listen <laughs> before uh, before. It, yeah, we were we were talking off off air, and I, I I had been thinking about it because I you know some of my travels I've been exposed mm-hmm. to. Like, I'm having a great conversation with a person I really like, and then Star Wars comes mm-hmm. up, and it's just <laughs> you know. And I think for people who maybe aren't in the, the kind of Star Wars bubble that we talk about sometimes, the kind of people who would podcast yeah. or, or listen to this podcast, um, that it's not, a, I, I think they don't realize like that, that it's, uh, the, the, that it wears us down, right? Because yes. we yes. sort of live in Star Wars. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, hey, Star Wars comes up and it's like weather or traffic. If you have a real great mm-hmm. one, you, you talk about it, but generally you just kind of kvetch about the parts you don't like, you know? Yeah. And that yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a more casual thing for some people. And I think they don't realize how much is like, oh boy. I really yeah. don't want to hear about why you don't, why, why Book of Boba Fett and I had those two Mandalorian episodes. I really, I've, I've thought about it. I've wrestled with it. I've acknowledged it. I really don't need to hear about it seven more times today. <laughs> but that's me. That's my perspective. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there was, you just have to let it slide. And, and, and sometimes we talk about being outside of the, the Force Center bubble, even the Star Wars bubble, and you find folks who are just like, oh my God, Star Wars great. I love it across the board. And that's wonderful too. And, and we're not asking for that. We don't love everything across the board. Mm-hmm. That's not the way we approach. But it's a, I, th- I find that when we engage uh, with the content like we do here, I do think we get a ton out of it. And, and I, I want people to share in that joy. Um, but that's not everyone's journey. And so, but there was, there was a couple, there was one moment of like, so uh, let, let me ask you, you let, do you like all the new stuff? I'm, oh, I do. And when even, but even that last one, the real cheesy one, I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> and they couldn't even answer what it was. I gathered it was Kenobi. Okay. What? But I couldn't figure that out because that's <laughs> to the level that they engage with it. Uh, and, and that is great. And I just had to let it go. 
And it was a lesson in letting things go. I'm not going to, I'm not here to win arguments. I'm here to just say, Hey, Star Wars is great. So it was fun. It was fun. I wish I was at Build-A-Bear building a grub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, I, I'd love to. I welcome those types of debates because normally when I tell people I'm into Star Wars, they're like, oh, wow, yes, kid stuff. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. what? Yeah. Do you watch sports? Because this is my sports, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to keep this is a podcast itself, but it, sometimes when I say pre-defensive, pre I just... It's not only like I'm defending the things I love, but I also just like, you know, hey, you know, Boba Fett, uh, they, they took away his mystery. Mm. Okay, but have you thought this? And I want to I want to just dump that into their hearts, my feelings of it into the hearts. And I just know that I, I can't. I can't. There's no point in that. Yeah, right. no, and I'm no point for me. It's and it always just depends yeah. on like the vibe in the space, right? Like, yeah. because, you know, sometimes it's just kind of a drive by thing in the middle of a conversation. But, you know, if you have the yeah. room and the time to go like, oh, cool, I see it this way and have it be a friendly conversation that those are the times where it's a real win, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and to be clear, everyone was very nice, very nice. I uh, love my hometown area. Uh, a lot of film uh, happening up there, a lot of creativity going on. So it's fun to discuss. Uh, but yes, yeah, so those, uh, those drive by hits are the ones where you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Oh, good. We're going to get into some news. This is fun. This is fun. It's uh, We've been in this period where it's sometimes slow news weeks and something pops up. Sometimes I, I can't even find the stories a couple days later. It's been an interesting journey putting together the news in the last few months. But Disney took care of it today. Disney Lucasfilm. We got a, a press email that's now out in the world. Everyone's seen it of the official cast and plot details for the Acolyte. They have emerged. It's official. This is exciting. Uh, with casting rumors swirling and the production underway, Lucasfilm and Disney said, uh, I think, uh, this is my opinion, nuts to this. Let's make it official and <laughs> announce the cast. Joining the only officially confirmed cast member, and this was in the email, like th they said joining Amanda Stenberg, which from their point meant this is the only official news, but the other stuff had just been accepted as fact, which... In the, in the end, the scoops and the, all that stuff is 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 accurate, but it's uh, this is why we wait. Uh, joining Amanda Stenberg are Lee Jang, uh, Jung Jae, uh, Manny Asento, Daphne Keene, which was heavily rumored last week, Jody Turner-Smith, Charlie Bennett, Dean Charles Chapman, <laughs> not as I wrote it, dead. Uh, man, iPhones are great. It's like, well, uh, Ken really doesn't mean? like this actor. Well, dead you know what? But he is wow. Thomas. He's Tom, uh, King Tom and uh, Brathian. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I do feel as though he is passed. <laughs> uh, and a big one that a lot of people are excited about at the end here, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Which, uh, we all know her from The Matrix. The show is then described as a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. That is juicy. The series will be directed by the show's creator, Leslie Headland. That makes it seem like she's got the helm on all the episodes until we know further, but that's what I took from it. We'll discuss that. Rain Roberts, uh, formerly, I mean, she's still story group, but she's always been kind of the story group's secret weapon. Uh, very beloved in those halls up there. Rain Roberts and Damian Anderson are also on as producers. So let's dive into it. First, uh, casting news, favorite reveals from this cast, surprises. Jennifer, what do you think? Oh, looking at this lineup, I was so happy to see all those faces. So much mm -hmm. beautiful diversity, first yeah. and foremost. And then I just love so many of these actors. Um, 
I was surprised by Carrie Ann Moss, thrilled because I think she's going to be maybe in like a mentor type role, I hope. Um, Charlie Barnett was really great in Russian Doll. So I love Mm. that he's now joining uh, here. And it's kind of funny because I I wasn't quite sure what had been considered official and what was not. (laughs) So um, I was also surprised to learn that they are filming um, and they included that behind-the-scenes photo of uh, Leslie and um, Amanda and Lee yeah. Jung Jae on set, but they're not in costume. They're in right. plain clothes, which me and they kind of like had their script, so it looked like they're in the middle of like rehearsal, which automatically piqued my interest. Well, how much rehearsing are they doing? Are they coordinating stunts? Are they coordinating blocking? Like, what exactly are they doing? Because it looked kind of intense, right? Like mm-hmm, their faces. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And I'm glad that, that StarWars.com finally confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll definitely discuss that in a second. Uh, Joseph, a lot of wonderful names. And yeah, you know, some we had heard. And I get it that the the, the scoops were, were, were from legit trade sources. So that makes it <laughs> sense. But makes some sense. But it's official, Joseph. What jumps out the air? Yeah, no, I'm going to repeat myself just a little bit from when some of these rumors drop because I'm so yeah. excited that it's true. I agree that I'm thrilled to see the just actual uh, diversity uh, of background and perspective and all that. But I also just really like that this is a diversity of uh, genre. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it has been so successful in The Mandalorian to have Favreau re- had really approached that and, and he's spoken about it of like, well, let's pull people who are kind of great actors but are maybe well known for one or two roles or being in a specific genre, right? And, right. and that'll make people interested in checking out. I can't believe Werner Herzog is in this, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't believe Paul Creed is in this, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of thing, bringing them into the galaxy. And I think there's an air of that that's really interesting as well as just the actors being phenomenal. I mean, I think uh, mm. Zhang Jie being like just this absolute um, long-term star uh, yeah. in parts of the world, but but breaking onto the international scene mm-hmm. um, in, in such a big way is really interesting and cool. Uh, I love Manny Jacinto from The Good Place, just oh, right. absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, and in Squid Game... Uh, it, it, with Li Zhang Che, um, it is brutally dark, but there is dark comedy in it of this sort of the mm. the comedy of a person in trouble, the comedy of, of somebody who'd normally just be kind of like, hey, you're bumbling buddy who's always down on his luck, always has a new idea, kind of a, a, a almost comedic figure uh, put into the most deadly and awful situation possible. So there's this darkness mm. and this comedy going on. Mm. And, and given that Russian doll has that perspective of, extremely heavy philosophically and high mm. stakes, but still wry comedy. Yeah. I'm excited about the number of these people who, who have demonstrated comedic chops. Uh, yeah. So really excited about that. Um, very excited about Carrie Ann Moss. She's just, you know, venerable genre star at this point, you know, between right. the matrix and her, her role in the MCU uh, mm. is across mm-hmm. uh, what used to be the Netflix shows. Um, so she might be popping up more. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, Defty Keen, obviously amazing. The other person that really jumps out at me is uh, Rebecca Henderson, who's been in lots of different things, uh, but also in Russian mm. Doll, and also oh, yeah. Leslie Headland's wife. Um, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know why she was not on. Yes, you're right. Thank you for pulling that name in. Yeah, I and, to list that. I think the thing Rebecca Henderson is a is a great performer, and I could be excited right there, uh, full stop. But she is Leslie Headland's wife, and across Rebecca Henderson's uh, career, she's uh, played lots of uh, open. Uh, 
out mm-hmm. loud and proud uh, gay characters, lesbian characters. Right. So I just think that made me kind of excited for the possibility, just a possibility, no predictions, uh, that maybe the Acolyte could be an on-screen Star Wars where we get a very vocal, very clear, very demonstrative uh, yeah. gay lesbian relationship on screen. The kind of representation we've talked about being in the books and comics a lot. It's in publishing a lot mm-hmm. and it hasn't quite made it to the screen. Vel and Cinta are in a relationship, but I think that there is a very light touch to that. Mm-hmm. Some of that could be just the storytelling of what's going on in their relationship that Vel is, Vel mm-hmm. clearly wants to, you know, be all over Cinta. She's deeply in love with Cinta and Cinta's kind of holding her at arm's yeah. length. So maybe that's just the storytelling. Yeah, but the practical reality is we do have a, a lesbian relationship in on screen, but it's a very light touch to it, and so that was some of where my thoughts went with uh, with Rebecca Henderson and the possibilities of Acolyte. No, it's great, and and this is one of those things where some of the early interviews with Leslie Headland, I felt um, she talked about sending the elevator back down to bring people up, right, uh, and, and and to see that this is truly happening in a lot of different ways. I think you're right to point out uh, uh, that that diversity word gets thrown around a lot, but this it's so many. It's not just the faces; it's the backgrounds, it's mm-hmm. the perspectives, it's it's all the uh, the ideas, and I, and I think that's very clear. Uh, it has been clear from uh, Leslie's early words to now this official uh, casting announcement. Yeah. Uh, we love that, yeah. even a, like age too, right? We love we oh. love we're always about that too. <laughs> Don't forget the old folks. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, they're definitely, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of young faces, but some older yeah. ones. Uh, Ken, are you most excited about uh, the longest serving Billy Elliot, which is a thing I didn't know about Dean Charles Chapman until I looked it up this morning? <laughs> I'm excited about uh, uh, Dean Charles Chapman. I didn't know that either. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I, I just like that he's, he's he played uh, two Lannisters in the same show, which is, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Um, no, I'm excited. Well, yeah, here, and we'll talk about the era in a second, but I saw his name and I went, oh, he'll make a great Imperial. And I went, oh, wait, <laughs> I don't, that, I don't, we don't have that anymore. Right. Uh, no, wonderful list. And, 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 and uh, Daphne Kane was going to be one of the main stories we might've been talking about because the rumors were kind of coming out about her casting. Um, reps probably getting that information out, all that good stuff. And I, I this is time moves so fast. Uh, I understand how time works. I understand how people grow up. I understand they work on other projects. I've like, haven't seen her since Logan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's 11. Oh, wait, no, that's right. Age happens. We, we Age happens. I'm I'm getting older. Uh, pop culture moves so fast. Logan seems like yesterday and it's not. And she was spectacular on that as X-23. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so key to that movie. It's not just about Hugh Jackman and, and Patrick Stewart. She's right there with them. And, and to see her in Star Wars, uh, my prediction, uh, you know, mind started to take over of like, oh, she, could she be a dark side user? She's kind of got that intense stare going on in Logan. You know, none of that. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But just excited. It's exciting, exciting cast there. Yeah, so absolutely. What do we what do we think about this plot, uh, including the confirmation that is officially in the High Republic era? And I say that again, this has been around. This might have been discussed celebration, uh, but this is announcing to the world that, yes, this is in the final days, I believe, to save the High Republic era. Uh, that, I will start out by saying, I don't think that was how this show was pitched years ago. Hmm. Uh, even though the High Republic era was undeveloped, I just think the time period lines up, and it's not of like, well, I guess we have to put it here. It's like, oh, look at this. We can put it here, and makes sense. Uh, and, and, and and I'll start there and also say like, but I also worry about High Republic fans, of which we are, uh, but there's some who might 
I don't know if the, the, the story of Avar Chris ends here, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's my only worry about that. But Joseph, I'll start with you. What do you think about uh, the end of the high Republic era here? Oh, I think it is absolutely great. I like seeing it in, in this official uh, release. They have said it before, but this is a mm-hmm. very, you know, official release. It's got this yeah. uh, sentence about the actual uh, plot, the story that we yeah. have, which is brand new to us that, that we'll get to. Um, but I really agree with you. I think the my only reservation is I do think that our us High Republic fans have to um, be slow and cautious about it. I think it's the era. It is not a continuation <laughs> of yeah. the publishing initiative. I think the publishing initiative is going to finish its story. We're in phase two now. There's going to be phase three. I think phase three is going to probably have a definitive end for some of the characters Mm-hmm. Uh, major characters that we've been following. And my prediction for phase three is that it's going to sort of end the Jedi in a certain place and a certain attitude. Uh, how, what kind of reactionary phase are they in after beating the Nile? Is this that they're a little bit more fearful? Mm-hmm. Is this that they are um, a little bit more cocky, honestly, of like, yeah. look, we stopped, we stopped the the worst threat in a couple hundred years we got this, you know, is this where some of the, the, you know, I, I think that is what we're dealing with. What is the philosophy of the Jedi, given that this is the waning era of the high Republic where some darkness is rising and they're not paying attention to it. Um, that was alluded mm-hmm. to in Dooku's tales of the Jedi episodes. It's baked into the Dooku Jedi lost book, which is also mm-hmm. sort of ambiguously tail end parts of it. High Republic that yeah, yeah. the dark side is rising in parts of the, of the Jedi just don't believe it. Don't take it seriously. So I think we're really in the era. I do think, especially with the way in in Kenobi and in Andor in particular, where Pablo Hidalgo is just straight up, you know, listed as the Lord Visor, and there are clearly like fill in the blank beats of like uh, we need a planet, we need a name, we need a this, and yeah. something that makes it feel a part of the era is clearly advised. So I do mm-hmm. think we could get like maybe a background, an old background Jedi is Reith Silas. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, maybe a mention of uh, of Keeve Trennis in particular, since I was reminded by the Dooku book that it's established in the Dooku book that she leaves the order eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but it's it's out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do think there's a possibility of mentions that makes it really rich to be in the era. But it's that it's in the era. It's mentions. That's my guess. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this idea of, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to to put some of the stuff in there. And Leslie Headland has said in several interviews here, she's an EU fan. She's a mm-hmm. Star Wars fan overall, loves all Star Wars, loves to interact with it. So I'm sure at some point along, not that it, I would imagine a showrunner has time to read all the books, but maybe, maybe. And that there could be some kind of, oh, I'm working on this. I have in this era. I'm a, I'm approaching the themes of the Jedi Order and the Jedi at this time. And this is coming, this tidal wave coming up behind my story with all this wonderful information and characters and thoughts and themes. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to uh, look at that and, and connect with with it and, and that uh, that's exciting it's exciting i get but then there again i am getting pre-defensive mm. <laughs> but i i don't want this show to drop and people are like well uh, nile or mark it, it might not be that it might not be that because i think it was uh, uh, a little bit of uh kismet in the development of these two uh, eras and projects coming together uh we'll get to the plot but jen do you have any thoughts on the on the the high republic side of it too i know you're not as caught up in the books uh, as us uh but any at thoughts? All? At, all? at all? We're behind <laughs> right now. So. And we are two, oh, yeah. two or three behind already? Oh, my yep. gosh. There's a lot. There's a Ooh, lot. Yeah. And I think if you're going to be reviewing this show, you know, I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to catch up. 
Now, mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about the High Republic, I think it's going to be fine jumping into this show. I don't think that they're going to rely on it. I think that they're mm-hmm. probably going to do some mentions, you know, just maybe some offhanded comments, uh, things like that, so that it does, you don't have to read all those books and get caught up to be able to enjoy this. Um, I do remember that Leslie Headland had said that she was a fan of the Knights of the Old Republic. The, mm-hmm. the game like she was a really big gamer um and so that's kind of where initially i thought this was going to be headed so now that they're officially tying it to high republic i think it's a smart move since they have this huge um i don't know what you would call it like <laughs> separate it's almost like a separate franchise in some sense of all <laughs> yeah, of these, yeah. all this content um so i think it's smart because it will make people who are fans of the high republic you know intrigued by this show um and maybe you know, have new people want to dive in. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, that's a great way to look at it mm-hmm. too. Expanding uh, the interest in, in the overall era. Uh, I love that. Cause then, yeah, then from there you'll, you'll maybe you'll discover Reef Silas and he's a great <laughs> Jedi or Elzar man. Uh, regarding the plot itself, I think there's a lot of the elements in this release here that we were familiar with and heard, but again, nice to have it all put together. Mystery thriller. We're currently enjoying a spy thriller in Star Wars. Now we have a mystery thriller, uh, shadowy secrets, emerging dark side powers. I think we kind of heard that uh, phrase before, too. I uh, love hearing that. But the the big one is a former Padawan reunites with her Jedi master to investigate a series of crimes. Uh, but the forces that come are more sinister than they ever anticipated. Joseph, that is that is some juicy stuff. <laughs> That is a big reveal. Uh, that yeah. got some some uh, fist pumping from me uh, <laughs> quietly uh, uh, while reading my phone, so as to not wake my wife. Um, that <laughs> is that's thrilling. That's great. We have always heard that this is a mystery thriller. That it's going to deal with the dark side. Um, maybe there have been some rumors out there, but it is new to me that a Jedi is going to be featured as you know, a major character or at least an introductory character. Right. Mm. Um, Same for me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the way the way it, that sentence is structured—that it's you know maybe from the perspective of the former Padawan, and the fact that it's a former Padawan mm-hmm. creates all this really really great tension of a Padawan who who chose to leave the order or got drummed out of the order before they made it to Jedi Knight yeah. and is now uh, reuniting with their Jedi Master who is maybe upset with her. Yeah, her her former Padawan or maybe feels guilt for failing her former Padawan or mm-hmm. maybe agrees with her former Padawan for leaving. And, and you know, the, the Jedi Master is beating themselves up for maybe not leaving too. what it's just clearly lots of great interpersonal conflict yeah. implicit in that one sentence. But it also does speak to. Even if that's just the starting point and the Jedi Master's dead by the first episode, right? Mm-hmm. It starts it in from a perspective that is going to invite you to play with ideas of where are the Jedi at? Mm-hmm. How are the Jedi handling things? You know, yeah. what does it mean to be a Jedi? Well, also dealing obviously with with all of this, you know, great dark side stuff that's that's brewing. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited about the Jedi uh, the perspective of it. Um, and also just, uh, and then I will wrap up, just using that word investigate along with mystery thriller. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Using the word investigate, right? That speaks to Jedi noir. There's a series of crimes, mm-hmm. right? That speaks to like the structure and the flavor. Uh, and I'm really interested in in seeing exactly how how much this is like a, a detective mystery with lightsabers. 
Well, and it just immediately means we need to start our Dexter Jetster for the Acolyte campaign, maybe it's season two, but if you're going to investigate things around this world in a noir fashion, you're going to need Dexter. I love what you're saying there, and the thought of the Force Center, uh, speculate responsibly motto comes into play here for me when I, that, that, that former Padawan, right? They could just be the way they phrased it, but that did not... It wasn't Jedi who was a former Padawan of, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it just has that that air of, yeah, someone ain't around and someone left for some reason. And, and that lines with some of the things I think Leslie Hedlund has said in interviews about what she would love to explore during this time of the Jedi going into the Phantom Menace. And I think it's important stuff because uh, we are in this era of 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 looking at the Jedi Order a little more closely and and those the Justice for the Jedi campaign, mm-hmm. Joseph, that you're 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 behind the, with us here at Force Center. Man, like I, I want to see it explored a little bit more and 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 how the order is beginning to crack, but not necessarily individual Jedi's. And what mm-hmm. you're saying right now, I'm so this is what as I'm saying, I gotta spe- I gotta speculate responsibly. Uh, a, a Jedi, a, a former Jedi, a pa- former Padawan, like, yeah, I left. Here's why I left or here's why I didn't continue or I don't know if this person's part of the last 20 or not. I don't know. I'm not even worried about those canon details, but a conversation around why and maybe you should, too. Or like you said, guilt. There's a lot to dive into on top of a mystery thriller that might lead to emerging dark side powers. Maybe some folks in black robes with red sabers. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the the, the last twenty includes Padawans. I think this is more like yeah. you can graduate from high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got my GED, or I didn't get enough credits. Yeah, it could be that conversation, indeed. Jen, lot on the table there. Thoughts on this? And I do think Joseph's uh, right there. I don't recall anything directly saying Jedi uh, in this fashion. We're going to be involved. Uh, we knew this is the era, but now we got a Jedi at the center here. Jen, any thoughts on the plot? Yeah, that was very surprising to get that confirmation. Former Padawan, obviously, I, I just start thinking of casting. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. Amanda. Who is her mm-hmm. Who is her je- former Jedi Master? Is it Lee Jung-jae? Is it Carrie Ann Moss? I'm assuming it's Lee Jung-jae, right. just because of the photo that they included, that behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mm-hmm. set that they are on looks mm-hmm. really uh, it's, you know, it's quote unquote, a practical set, yeah, yeah. which is exciting to me. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think about the Leslie's uh, Russian doll series and how it has an air of like mystery of being a thriller. It's very trippy and kind of like mystical. And it, mm-hmm. every episode, it kept me guessing of what's going to happen next. So I'm really excited to see her bring that to Star Wars. And, and amidst all that, there is some really dark comedy, which I think mm-hmm. could be really fun and fresh mm-hmm. for Star Wars as well. So I just, the more that I hear about it, the more excited I get. Um, and I appreciate that they are starting to trickle out a little bit of information, but it's almost like, okay, I've had enough. Let's wait a little bit longer until they s- start filming. Cause mm. I know that some other people are going to start jumping the gun and start trying to <laughs> share a lot or speculate a lot. And I, I don't want to go there. I'm just going to savor this, savor this announcement and what they've given us so far. Yeah, it's fun. I yeah, I love this stuff. Uh, it takes me back. You said Joseph earlier talking about like 2014 and Rebels, but just when you start hearing the official announcements and things come together, I'm we're so blessed to have so many shows out. I, I really, even though sometimes it can be daunting if you're reviewing them or taking them, I get that. But this just it's just 
I got a smile on my face because it's like oh, a new thing is happening. And this one we, we know so little about, right. And, yeah. and new characters and a new to new to era that that's exciting. As much as I love, I'll explore that, that 19 years between three and four, I'll explore it over and over and over again. I love that Andor's doing it all. I'll, I want to go sequel errors. Uh, but Joseph, you seems like you have some excitement too. We, we just don't know. And that's part of the fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm trying to keep myself speculating responsibly, but I think that the thing that is maybe getting me most excited is you know, I, I know Kenobi and Boba Fett didn't work for everybody, and I think there's a, a hunger for the new, and I think that's a part of it. If Kenobi and Boba Fett were on the slate for a long, long, long time, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was extremely happy to see Kenobi. I, I got my little things here and there, but I really loved it, and I loved the exploration of what it means to be a Jedi. But I think because there is a little bit of um, of a legacy exhaustion from from some people, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it, that seems to be distracting from what, what is the storytelling about Jedi. Okay. And I love Jedi. So I'm kind of excited that this show that doesn't have that distraction of, of legacy burnout yeah. um, is going to zero in on ideas of the dark side is more than the Sith. Uh, yeah. That Je- all, all Jedi are unique and different and they might have different perspectives and philosophies. Um, that's particularly exciting to me because I think with Andor, I feel like almost every idea I see on screen is beautiful, well executed, but not new to Star Wars. It's mm-hmm. in all sorts of other Star Wars storytelling. It's just that Andor's zeroing in and really celebrating it in, in a way that isn't hasn't been seen on screen as much. And I'd be really excited if Acolyte could kind of do the same for the Jedi as mm-hmm. Andor is doing for the political side of Star Wars, of taking stuff yeah. that's there that we talk about, that we highlight, but making it really uh, clear and intriguing for everybody. Yeah, uh, really agree with that and, and, and getting a chance to explore down to uh, uh, build the, the building block foundations of what it is to be a Jedi during this mm-hmm. time. During a time of, yeah, relative peace, but also I, I think you're right. Just this, We've emerged from the Nile. Uh, now we're either guarded and through that guarded uh, nature, we've also become arrogant uh, that's a deadly com- combination. I think Yoda touches on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you could pull, you know, that, that Yoda kind of, yeah, these kids Jedi, huh? am I right? You pull that kind of conversation with <laughs> Kenobi and Mace out, you could pull a lot of uh, themes out of that and, and, mm-hmm. and, and explore new things there. So we'll see. Yes. And also, I, I want to highlight that and, and Jen, get your thoughts too. I, I mentioned dark robes and, and red lightsabers. That could very well be behind this, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's Sith doesn't necessarily have to be. And that's kind of intriguing to me as well. I think it would be fun, but also it's, you know, it does put you up against that guy named Sheev and his master. And I do want some storytelling with them. I really do. The Plagueis and Palpatine of it all. I still, I'm not convinced that this is necessarily where it's going to happen. It could be. And I'd be happy to be wrong or a little off base on my prediction. But Jen, Joseph made a great point. Dark side does not necessarily mean Sith in Star Wars. No. And I hope that, I hope that they don't go to the Sith, to be honest, because mm-hmm. of that connection, right? And I think that we'll we'll get a chance to explore that maybe in something else. But but with yeah. this, I like the op I like the option of it being something totally new, something totally mystical. I think Andor has done a really good job of, yes, connecting some things to canon, but they've also introduced a lot of planets and species yeah. and characters that we do not know at all. And they drop it in so seamlessly that I'm like, oh I gotta check Wikipedia. Do I no, it's brand new. 
I think that that's very smart. I kind of like it because then it's, there's no speculation. There's no, yeah. you know, going down these wormholes. It's like, oh, you know, we'll learn when the storytellers want us to know. We'll get introduced to this character maybe this season, maybe next season. I don't have to have it tied into a novel or, or comic mm. books or whatever. Sometimes it's fun, but I think going forward, it is kind of nice just to have brand new, something mm. different. Yeah, and and, and I'm uh, this is maybe on the more humorous side, but I I'm also obsessed with even during the high Republic era so far with the storytelling of the Nile and which I, I really have grown to appreciate the Nile's place in the story and what they represent uh, and the lessons you can learn from that horrible organization. But I, I I'm kind of amused thinking that there's all during all of it, there's two Sith just kind of sitting back and going, no, 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 just wait. They'll, they'll do the heavy lifting for us. Mm. We'll come in when it's right, where it's not right yet. And in this era, it, it, it probably would be, from what at least we hear in the timeline, it, it might be Palpatine, it might be Plagueis or anyone of that nature. But I don't need to see them. I just know to know that they're around the corner going, no, 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 shh, not, it's not time yet. Let this, let these wannabe sis do some mm. damage for us. And we'll come in when the time is right. I love that. I yeah. Like that. Spread doubt and pain and fear yeah. and all these great things. Because I, I, to me, like, there, you know, there's a great story of the the rule of two and they're mm. slowly building this plan and Palpatine's the one who, who finally uh, executes the whole big plan. But look, if you're if you're a Sith in hiding, you just want to go around starting awful little fires all over the galaxy, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you don't need to see the Sith, right? I mean, I'd be fine if it was like a legend of this, this you know, the acolyte involves some planet where you know dark side worship has been growing for the last two hundred years because some Sith we never heard of went there and and started that little fire. Yeah, <laughs> went, yeah. went about their business. We don't need to see the Sith to see some of their handiwork blossoming. Yeah, I'd love to, That's you know, good. some Sith bots influencing elections. <laughs> oh, so, you know, is it them? Wait, I don't know, but they're doing. They're sowing discord. Darth um, four five six seven eight nine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Darth Darth many numbers. Is that it again? <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't know. But I'm looking forward to that. And we've said it before. I gotta say it again. I, I really have just. Anytime Leslie Heaven talked about Star Wars in interviews, I just got excited. Where I'm ready to follow her on whichever path she wants to take in the story. And I can't wait for that. And uh, from the cast to the uh, plot to the use of dark, shadowy secrets, uh, I'm really on board for this here. Uh, final question for me, and, 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 and any final thoughts on on the plot and, and cast you guys can throw in as well. But this this is this is probably for my brain. I I don't think this was a direct reaction. I don't know, but it was really interesting that this email came out this morning. It's not unusual. They did this with Kenobi, but there was, there was just a lot of rumors swirling and a lot of people starting to stock the sets and share photos. And I just kind of like that Disney Lucasfilm said, let's put out this email right now. We got a BTS photo. Look at that. Uh, you know, you got a character in a hoodie, like uh, in a sweatshirt. Um, the Daphne Keen rumors were very strong. And uh, like I said, that was probably going to be one of the stories we were talking about. We like to wait till things are official, but hey, this was uh, so dominant. A lot of trades were picking it up. Is it? it, it I don't. I, I go back to even years ago, Joseph. We discussed uh, uh, with the uh, you know the three of us discussed this idea of doing what Marvel does in a big event, and here's exactly what we're working on. And, and Star Wars has struggled at times, even the movie side. All that. Guys, sometimes they feel behind uh, the news, and I like that this one felt a little bit like, "Hey, let's try to get ahead of it." But I don't know if I'm off base or wrong on that. You, 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 you with me in that? You in the? Are you in the seat next to me at the theater? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. Like, look, if we could have the the big events, that those are great. Some of the the Marvel ones back in the day, the the reveal of Civil War is sort of unbeaten for me of of hype, yeah. uh, of well controlled hype, and I would love that. But my my second choice is is this great. Some of these things were swirling is is casting rumors, so mm-hmm. great to just get out ahead of it. Maybe Carrie Ann Moss was a, a rumor. I don't I don't know because I'm only paying so much attention mm-hmm. to rumors because I just so prefer being able to actually be excited about it without a million caveats and asterisks this is announced yeah <laughs> this is uh official and and i think that's one thing for me about the kind of rumors that are that are swirling there's such a big difference between a a casting rumor and a set leak you know a set mm-hmm. leak is is not something that i'm super supportive of the cast leaks i i think from from my little bit of knowledge in the business is often pressure from from reps right of yeah. you know if if daphne keen's agent uh, or manager wants to close another deal for daphne keen the fact that she is confirmed in star wars will help them close that deal right. there's a yeah. there's a motivation inside the business that's all internal which is why yeah. i kind of trust it when the trades have a little bit of a casting thing versus yeah. Someone has a photo they shouldn't from a disturbing angle. <laughs> That's a different kind of leak to me. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Definitely on, definitely in that seat with you, Ken. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's exciting. Yeah. I, I think it was uh, uh, a, a current Mando cast member that one years ago said to me and some friends on a podcast, if a rep has to deny it, it's probably true. And so a lot of that sometimes happens. Uh, Jen, uh, your thoughts on, on this. Are you in the theater with us waiting for this official announcement? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad. I think it's a really smart move to not let the leakers drive the narrative because what happens is I was doing research for the Daphne rumor and I came mm. across a bunch of leaks that mm. were were definitely true. Um, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, wait, oh, no, this is terrible. Like people are going to spiral out and start thinking, you know, oh, is there trouble in, the sh- in this and that? Yeah. Let, let's just squash all that. And, and I think that we're entering a new phase where Lucasfilm is going to start to get out and confirm things faster than they did in the past. Um, I I do think so just because otherwise you let these people, these leakers who Mm. they, you know, monetize that and they drive clicks to their website. And I, it's kind of troublesome that they're the ones that are kind of, uh, you know, driving the narrative and that, that should not be the case. And then it kind of spoils it for, for everyone else. It's like, well, wait, are they filming? Uh, Starwars.com hasn't confirmed that. So anyways, Yeah. Yeah, and there's always some uh, passionate opinions about scoops and, and leakers and what they do, and some of them are, are, are putting bread on the table, and, and I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. I just think there's a difference. Even this the Daphne Keene story was tied to uh, you know Jeff Snyder, who I do know, and I saw. I've seen. I've said before. I've seen him work. That's that's an actual uh, trade journalist. You know, mm-hmm. working the calls mm-hmm. uh, in, in, a, in a in a good way. I would think um, Jeff's himself a controversial character at times. I'll say, but I've been around him a lot. And I've seen it work and it's different than um, I got a job in a parking structure. I'm taking a picture of a set or the guy I knew in the, you know, the a- assistant AE assistant editor. He sent me a shot like, eh, you know, exactly. it's a different game. It's a different feel. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's sometimes tra- uh, treated equally, I think, has ramifications even outside of Star Wars. So mm-hmm. I think that's yes. where my soapbox takes me. <laughs> yes. That's just me. That's just me. The good thing is we got a great show. We're excited about, we're excited about the cast. We're excited about the uh, plot. Um, I want to make sure you all have any final thoughts before we take a break, Joseph. No, I actually did share them all. So I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Jen. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I sh- shared mine all as well. We're going to wait and see. Wait and see. Right. Uh, my final thought is that B- BTS photo, it made it very clear to me that they're in Canto Bite. So that's my prediction. <laughs> oh, my it's, God. It's in Canto Bite now. I uh, though I wouldn't mind that. All right. Before we take a quick break, uh, on the other side, we got some Andor news and discussion. I want to remind you, we have a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, I'll leave this one up to you. It's it's, it's dealer's choice, <laughs> though I think it might be what we always have been saying here now. I think it is and always has been and always shall be Padawan by <laughs> Kirsten White. Uh, I joke. We have been, we try to recommend the newest book that's coming out and Ken and I try to read these books and, and uh, review most of them. And we have just really fallen uh, behind. We have <laughs> so every bad. intention. This was, this book came out shortly after the Kenobi series wrapped up, yeah. you know, for yeah. Kenobi season which yeah. now seems like 8,000 years ago. Uh, but we are excited uh, to read. Uh, we hope you've all put, downloaded it from Audible and listened to it 800 times. Anyway, it's Padawan by Kirsten White. Padawan by Kirsten White. And we, I, you know, I, I just want to give Kirsten White the, the, the most respect we can. It's a Star Wars creator. She's put a, a good book out there that people are enjoying. I brought it with me on my trip and I, <laughs> it got as far as out of my backpack. Then I was like, I just need to sleep in today. I can't read this morning. So, uh, well, there we go. There we go. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force. again, that's audibletrial.com slash force for your free audiobook. And anyone out there saying, well, Ken, why don't you get an audiobook and listen to it on your drive up there? My car is 20 years old. If it's not a CD, I can't hear it. So there you go. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. Andy Circus is talking about Kino Loy and a lot more. Stick around. This is for some. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome back to Four Center. We are talking news, breaking news from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And this is breaking news, people. Breaking news. Andy Serkis's Andor character, Kinoloy, is not Snoke. No related to Snoke. <laughs> now I'm being a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little jerky. I'm not surprised by this. If you're out there and you thought it might have been Snoke, good for you. Maybe you wanted to be Snoke. That's maybe a different conversation. Uh, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. This might be a shock to some fans, but Kino Loy is not related to Snoke. This is, uh, again, heartbreaking news for people that only like Star Wars for theories and predictions. But all this, according to Andy Circus, while speaking on a show, uh, Jake's Takes, I've seen around before. I don't know Jake. Uh, I'm assuming it's Jake hosting Jake's Takes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what do we think uh, of... Uh, uh, it's, uh, so Circus was asked directly. Uh, he was very clear. It is not... Uh, Snoke, uh, and he was had some concern. This has already kind of come out in some interviews. Like, I, you know, I'm happy to do this, but will this cause any problems? But he, he kind of, uh, along with the producers, came to the conclusion, well, it's been a bit, and I think people will get it. And I think generally mm-hmm. they did. But I want to start there, have a little bit of discussion about that. Uh, what do we think of the use of Andy Serkis in a different role? And also James, as we said before, James McArdle, as Tim Carlo, was an X-Wing pilot from Force Awakens. Uh, did we get hung up at all, uh, Serkis being there, Jen? No, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was great to see him in the flesh. Uh, and, you know, that was the thing is that, like, for so many years now, people were actually saying there should almost be a separate category for CGI mocap mm. characters because mm. he was giving some Oscar winning worthy performances. But yeah. he was never really quite recognized as like a, an actor, even though he is an actor. Mm-hmm. And now here we are seeing him. He's fantastic in this role although i will say the first minute when i heard him on screen i did hear snoke's voice just for a moment (laughs) right right? right. but then it it moved so fast and immediately like he is a completely different character and so i i forgot about it but i'm so glad that he's back and that he's probably going to die. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and to be clear, too, like, I, I don't think uh, in thinking, oh, could that be Snoke is, is a bad thing at all. Uh, I just no, think, yeah, no. yeah, you have that. You're going to have the reaction. I when when 
when it, it's revealed to be him, uh, you know, and he, he's kind of a, a burly dude at times. So he he does like to, I think, hit the, hit the gym a little bit. And you saw those broad shoulders. I was like, is that? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> uh, what's the reaction to that going to be? Uh, and and um, his voice is so distinct that, you know, I, I can even hear Gollum in it at times. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> still, yes. Even though he's so good at that. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get hung up uh, and it was fun. It was fun to explore that. And fun to see him just kind of get the get some FaceTime. Indeed, actually, I, I just watched Two Towers this weekend on the big screen at that film event I was on. And mm. I couldn't help but think of Keanu Loy every time Gollum came on. Uh, Joseph, I imagine you didn't get hung up either. But what was your reaction to seeing him? It's so funny you mentioned it. I get more hung up on his just amazing performance uh, uh, as Gollum and Smeagol, right? That I, yes. that I am almost more tempted to have him say, there are never more than 12 precious. <laughs> uh, I expect that more than the Snoke thing. No, honestly, I was really invested in the episode and Andy Serkis is such a great actor. I just mm-hmm. didn't think about the Snoke thing like at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like the only little bump was like, I can't remember if this was rumored or not. Speaking of trying to keep up with the rumors of like, yeah. I was like, wow, Andy Circus is like, uh, does everybody else, did everybody else know this? Anyway, who cares? <laughs> Let's pay attention to the show. So that, that was my only real bump. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, Andy Circus is obviously he is so well known for all of his uh, amazing groundbreaking motion mm-hmm. capture performances and i mm-hmm. i've made lots of andy circus jokes and not 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 making fun of him but like it's kind of just a, a go-to joke of like hey look at that amazing cloud and perhaps it's being played by andy circus in a mocap suit you know <laughs> yeah um and obviously he has performances as, as himself uh claw in the mcu where he, he's great mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. i think that was my i was just thrilled to see uh nary a single tracking ball in sight right <laughs> to just see the man because he's a phenomenal actor and there's something powerful about somebody who has created all of these really fantastic otherworldly roles with cgi and motion capture to just be themselves Mm -hmm. in a star wars show that is a little bit more grounded Mm -hmm. it it just made a a lot of sense and then Mm -hmm. uh, this snoke thing occurred to me like after afterward but Mm -hmm. i just didn't even think about it and then i was like I that whole first episode and then the second especially was just like how many seconds until a horrific industrial accident so (laughs) the only thing I really thought about is like is he gonna get a scar across his head and is that gonna make people whenever there's a horrible industrial accident because there's gonna be one uh, yeah is that gonna be the deal with him so I'm I'm thrilled he's back I don't have any problem with Mm -hmm. uh Star Wars actors returning Mm -hmm. if if you don't, if it's not an immediately recognizable thing, right? If yeah. if Harrison Ford showed up as an Imperial officer, I'd be like, yes, this is distracting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But with actors like James McArdle, who like you, you, you would have to with, with all of the in Force Awakens with all of the the Resistance pilot gear on, you you have yeah. to do a little bit of work to make that connection. And as long as you have yeah. to do a little bit of work to make the connection, I say bring them back. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny when I saw that I, I went I did the whole like oh yeah because it, it it was not immediately uh, uh, apparent there yeah and as far as circus there too as well great I, I keep making jokes about it but I I I actually like Peter Jackson's King Kong it was one of those movies that was on HBO like ad nauseum and I just watched it during every <laughs> Sunday morning oh King Kong's on again I watched it maybe thirty times so I just ended up liking the movie uh, if flaws or not and and circus is the the ship uh, chef. And it must have been 10 viewings before I realized it was him, hmm. which is more about me just not realizing, you know, he didn't just show up and be Gollum one day and had no other <laughs> experience or credits. <laughs> um, I think 
I just, and it, it still blew my, it just blew my mind. Like, wow. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, acting, you know, the power of it. So it was, uh, I think I, I had that reaction again, uh, seeing him work the first uh, episode and now the second, and we got uh, episode 10, uh, where Keenan Loy will be in it as well. So all great there. Um, we, you know, we, we, um, we didn't think it was Snoke or Snoke related, at least not too long there, but what if it was? Would it, would it, would it just fit at all? It just, I know Andrew's not doing this, but I did spend a lot of time this weekend once after I saw this uh, interview of uh, maybe, maybe it's Kino Snoke. I don't know. Like, would, would you have <laughs> wanted to explore that at all, Jen? No. Here. Oh yeah, my it doesn't gosh. Work, right? You know, the thought didn't even cross my mind. And then somebody commented mm. on my video suggesting the theory. And at first I thought they were joking. And then mm. I realized, oh my gosh, no, this this is kind of a thing that's that's being picked up is, is this idea that he's related to Snoke, which again, I didn't think about. I think mm. it would take away from how grounded uh, yeah, Andor yeah. is, how real it is. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they could, sure, they could make it work, but I think it would be a little off with the tone that they've already established with this series. <laughs> I could see uh, Joseph uh, Gilroy says, we're going to cast Circus, and someone says, oh, is he going to play like Snoke? Who's Snoke? <laughs> right, <laughs> might, be, exactly. might be what's happening. So, anyways. Not yeah. going to put up with that. Yeah, Tony Gilroy. <laughs> uh, Joseph, I know the answer probably is, hey, it doesn't necessarily fit with what Andrew's trying to do, but I don't know. I just kept thinking about it all weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's always the the question of, well, sure, that could happen and yeah. it could make sense if the creators cared about that and planned it from the beginning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I think if that was, if it was baked into Andor, if we're, we're going to do this grounded, gritty, you're really spending time with the workaday people who form the Empire and the Rebellion, you're going to see socks, uh, this is grounded yeah. and real. Uh, and also we want to, you know, attach the more fantastical elements and show how how the idea of Snoke can start from a really grounded place. If that mm-hmm. if that was baked in from the beginning, I'd be like, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I don't know. I, for me, there's the I I want to make sure that I'm always engaging with the the story and with the art as well as what we know behind the scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know behind the scenes from interviews that that is not a priority agenda of Tony Gilroy to be like, how can I connect to the sequel trilogy? That's not yeah. a thing he cares about, which we know from interviews. But then it, it this question, Ken, made me just think about like, OK, we'll put that aside. Imagine you've never heard a single interview. You don't know who Tony Gilroy is. Yeah. Art is still about communication. Art still sends out a vibe, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you try to get on the wavelength of it. And I feel like the what's in the art, the story of Andor is how do people become committed to mm-hmm. to a cause, you know, not how do they become super tall, evil clones with great robes? You know, it's just yeah, yeah. It, it's not, it, you know, it's not the wavelength, the vibe of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And uh, there's still maybe some room for that. A couple of questions left. I'm going to flip the questions here on our list. Uh, Circus did say in this interview that he would like to explore more of Snoke's backstory. And yeah, we know there's some maybe cloning in there and everything, but we don't beyond that. I don't know. Or even even if, from my point of view, even if it is a Snoke clone made by Palpatine, how does that clone go out and function in the real galaxy and meet Ben <laughs> Solo? How does that work? Circus called it fertile ground for storytelling. Uh, he even wants George Lucas to do it. This is kind of part of the question. Uh, what do we think about more Snoke storytelling and, uh, you know, learning about who's behind the golden robe? And I'll we'll toss in the Lucas thing, but I, I, I'm i going to guess George is not going to come and direct Snoke's story. But, uh, <laughs> Jen, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I don't. I I feel like it would be treading backwards. You know, we're we're here. We're talking about the the High Republic, and we're talking about Acolyte. And we're move, moving away from the legacy characters from Palpatine, and we would be going right back into it with this character. <laughs> so I don't think that that's that would be. But but could yeah. we introduce him in a Star Wars animated series, like in mm-hmm. a short? Mm-hmm. You know, why not? All right, I could I could see that that could be interesting. But in live action, no. Yeah, yeah. It would definitely have to be part of uh, a larger story. We keep talking mm. about Luke and Ben uh, animated because uh, I, I don't think you're going to get Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren himself, Adam Driver, to come back and be a younger <laughs> version of the character. Uh, so I think it had to be animated. And then Circus will be like, wow, then you just got me doing the voice again. Come on. But <laughs> I, I think, there again, there's something that excites me, Joseph, about it. You're talking about tip the iceberg storytelling. Of 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 the sort of uh, seduction of of Ben Solo to the dark side and mm-hmm. Snoke being that vessel and the fact that Leia's like we know it was Snoke remember when we hung out with him at the bar Han and like like <laughs> I, 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 there's something to it and I I, I kind of like this idea or some whatever it might be in Circus's mind yeah no I, I think I go to a couple different places uh, one is just that uh, wanting people to very clearly understand the context of this interview it's I, mm-hmm. I, I watched uh, bits and pieces of it it's a you know relatively short uh, zoom interview uh, Jake of of Jake's takes mm-hmm. uh, which is not a sequel to blues clues which I, I thought it was for a moment <laughs> uh, but Jake of Jake's takes is clearly somebody who is asking real questions but also like asking fun questions and trying yes. to get interesting weird. Of yeah. things out of people, Jake himself even kind of jokes about how the how Circus's uh, answers are going to become uh, clickbait if they're not careful. So it, yep. it is this. All of this is I, I'm just getting increasingly frustrated with headlines that say like actor finally breaks their silence or actor desperately <laughs> wants and like actor politely answered a question framed by someone else. Actor has yeah. never thought about this before this day and never will again. <laughs> no, never Andy Circus is not doodling in a notebook. He's uh, about Snoke. He's not sending desperate daily emails to Kathleen Kennedy. So I just, yeah. uh, I, th- I'm, this is th- that particular angle of clickbait of, of uh, putting mm-hmm. emotions onto actors when they're politely answering questions is, is one that's uh, starting to uh, clearly <laughs> get under my skin. Uh, so I yeah. want to be real clear. Jake asked him, Hey, if you ever got a chance to talk to George Lucas, what would you ask him about? And Andy Serkis gamely kind of thinks and, 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 and reaches for the answer and goes, you know, Hey, I, I'd ask him about that, that Snoke guy. I, you know, maybe I talked to him about that. That's an interesting story. It's totally out of, out of thin air as a polite answer to a fun question. And then right. George would say, who's Snoke? Uh, which would be, <laughs> Uh, more articles yeah uh, so no i no i agree because it happens uh it happens a ton and it happens you get those little like uh so-and-so confirms backstory and it, it's a red carpet press interview of someone like i don't know kino lloyd worked at a uh, walmart like i don't you know like, yeah <laughs> there was a, a article today of james gunn breaks his silence on saving legends of tomorrow which is a show i like and it's it's a no he he james gunn put out a nice tweet saying we're still figuring out what we're doing thanks for all the good thoughts like mm-hmm. it's nothing it's break his silence Anyway, yeah. uh, let's get back to Snoke. Um, <laughs> I would love more Snoke storytelling. I totally yeah. agree with you that it is a tip of the iceberg storytelling, the little bit of seeds of what we get of he's clearly known to the galaxy. He, he uh, The way Leia and Han talk about him wasn't also just like some secret thing that the first order is known to the galaxy. They they mm-hmm. declared their their presence. Right. And he's the leader. So how did he present himself 
uh, to the galaxy. There are these hints and possibilities that he had a physical confrontation with Luke, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that Luke possibly gave him some of those scars. Uh, Luke's great line in The Last Jedi of like that, that Snoke had already turned his heart. Um, yeah. We get little peaks of that in uh, that uh, Rise of Kylo Ren four-issue comic book, which is just yes, one of yes. the most sort of rich canon comic books. It doesn't take long to read and, and really frames a lot of the sequel trilogy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Snoke has a lot of interesting storytelling to be had. But then also the clone thing is great. It's very yeah. intriguing because there's a ton that isn't answered. And I think that there is room for interesting questions about autonomy and self-awareness is is snoke a, like a literal meat puppet and yeah. is that palpatine choosing and saying every word from afar uh was mm. snoke aware that he was a clone and aware that he was serving palpatine was he planning on ways to betray palpatine yeah you know or or you know you could have a really interesting story where snoke is a clone who who is meant to not know that his strings are being pulled but somehow deep down he knows and getting in his head and you know, yeah. him wondering, like, am I thinking that or is there someone else thinking that? Like, mm, there's room for good. really interesting storytelling to 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 examine this different kind of puppet yeah. of, of mm -hmm. Palpatine than the way Dooku or Anakin was a puppet of, of Palpatine. That's heavy stuff. And then you can add in we haven't even dealt with, like, the origins of the First Order <laughs> and Snoke yep, emerging right. as the leader from other people. Throw that the, in there. Our favorite Ray Sloan. Uh, I think there's, I think there is there. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, maybe Circus will, he's a director himself, right? A lot of second unit stuff and all the Lord of the Rings stuff too. So uh, maybe he'll uh, pull out a notepad, a yellow notepad and start writing there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jad, any, I, I want to make sure I, any, any what, what, what Snoke comic do you want? You, you uh, got the animated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like the animated stuff. Although Joseph, you, you won me over with that. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of a psychological mm -hmm. take, you know? He's hearing, yeah. he's hearing voices. It reminds me of Moon Knight a little bit, although I only watched mm. the first episode. So, <laughs> so I, <laughs> well, oh, but yeah, yeah, there's some connections. It could also be a little bit of uh, Gollum and Two Towers talking to himself, Smeagol and Gollum having a conversation. So there it goes. It. it all comes back to that. Oh. Final thing here. This is kind of fun. Uh, Circus was act, asked by Jake of Jake's takes, not the two Jakes or Jake of the Fat Man, if you grew up watching that show back <laughs> in the day. Uh, Jake asked uh, Circus, what other performers would he want to see come back to Star Wars in different roles? I thought that was an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford's Imperial Officer is off the table. Joseph has already submitted that as his number one <laughs> choice. Now, uh, do we have any choices? Have you thought about that, uh, Jen? It's really hard to think about anyone because they're all so recognizable. Love yeah, Alden yeah. Ehrenreich. Love Amelia Clark. They can't come back, right? <laughs> so, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and then even the minor characters, like we know so much about them. I don't know if she's necessarily minor, but like Larma Daisy, right? Yeah. Like mm. they 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 have recognizable character faces. I think the reason why um, Tim Carlo works so well is because, like you said, he was in the in the in the gear, right? Mm -hmm, it's such yeah. a quick thing. But someone else who was in a mocap suit and CGI. Ahmed Best. And I know yeah. that he's already obviously, you know, made some appearances and stuff, but like, let's, let's give him a larger arc in a, in a movie or a series. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be fun. Uh, and yeah. the time is now. So why not? <laughs> why not indeed? Yeah. Yeah. And even his character from the game show, Keller and Beck is, yeah. I think it, it works, but even, even if you want to go beyond that, you, you, why not just cast him as something else? Uh, I think that's a great answer. Uh, Joseph, you have any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I had a, a couple thoughts because I totally agree with Jennifer. Like, there's some of those phenomenal actors like like uh, Alarma Dassey, um, Daisy, who would be like, oh, it'd be great. Uh, maybe we just get a Larma show. That's that's fine. That's fine. Um, but some of the kind of deep cut actors, um, 
he, people know him now from The Crown, but I was introduced to him as the, the lead of The Wire. Uh, Dominic mm. West oh. uh, has that brief scene in Phantom Menace as, right. uh, right. as a Naboo guard. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, well, guard watching over um, mm. the, the queen in her her uh, retinue. Um, so mm. Dominic West, man, I love him. Uh, another actor that maybe you've heard of, Daniel Craig, with his famous uh, Stormtrooper role. I think. Yes. I don't think we can be like, no, no, he's that Stormtrooper, nothing else. Yeah, right. uh, and my final one that is like, well, we did just see her face. Um, uh, Doctor uh, Harder Colonia, who has the the, the quick yeah. joke line with Chewbacca. Oh, that, is the yeah. actor uh, Harriet Walter. Uh, been in a lot of things, in particular, getting a lot of uh, I think uh, recognition for playing the uh, mother figure in succession so um good. so good and this is one of my things that i learned in my uh, christopher lee dooku fever uh, she's christopher lee's niece what oh wow yeah oh yeah so there's some star wars heritage there so make make harriet walter the star of a star wars show that's yeah. great you you both win this round of of pop culture debating here did we, oh, we we're not having competition okay um my, my, I, you know, I, I, if you're gonna, I did go a lot to pilots because you're right, their faces. So I'm, I'm naturally gonna go to Hermione Corfeld as Tyler Lencher is one of my favorites, but get her out of the cockpit, put her in like a Twilight outfit and, and send her to Canto Bite or some, you know, <laughs> high society spy or something like that. I'd be I'm really on board with that. She's a, she's a great performer as well. And this one, I wouldn't have thought, um, uh, what's his, Michael Carter, right? Who is, uh, mm-hmm. Boba, Boba Fett, the super not Boba for Tuna. Ken, mm-hmm. Ken, talk today. Uh, talk well. Talk well better, Ken. Uh, he is Bib Fortuna. He, he is. He just appeared in House of the Dragon as as King Jaehaerys the First, and he's just there. He doesn't say much. He's in it's what essentially is the prologue to the series. But uh, got me thinking of like, oh, look at that. Get it, put him back in Star Wars as uh, some old wise Jedi in the High Republic Ooh. era or something like that. And sure. just have that kind of fun of going back to the original trilogy. Or we could just put Ian McDiarmid in any role and see if it works. <laughs> see, see if it works. Put enough makeup on or change enough to where you don't recognize that he is the emperor. As I said before, one of my earlier moments as a child, as a young adult, was seeing him as the butler in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and freaking out that he was not just the emperor all the time. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, fun story. We're just doing uh, some fun look at Snoke and uh, Andor, what it's doing. Uh, so we hope you all enjoyed that. Maybe you have your thoughts. Tweet out your ideas of actors you want coming back mm-hmm. that, that'd be a lot of fun or or post it on mastodon if you can find me i i think i finally found joseph but have that <laughs> oh. discussion at the end of the show uh before we get out of here with the news we like to take a look back in star wars history this week in star wars history looking ahead to star wars past and actually this one there's some interesting things this week but i wanted to talk about this one that's on the day of our recording uh november 7th 2013 the release date for star wars episode 7 was announced and hold on could you believe it? It was set for December, December 18th, 2015, to be exact. It seems so normal now, but oh, the discourse of the day was a flurry of passionate reactions to Star Wars being moved from its May blockbuster spot, a spot of new hope, help established for the movie industry, not just the franchise, to the cold dead of winter. No big event film released in December had done much at the box office, and this move was looked at with many a wary eye. So what was our reaction to the news then? Uh, were you legitimately worried about the film and whether or not it would perform well? And what do we feel about Star Wars movies in December now, Jen? I remember. I remember this. And I remember 
my daughter was about four months old at the time, my first mm. kid. I was so overwhelmed. And when I saw that discourse online, I went, you know what? I don't know about, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. Star Wars, but I'm just not going to be able to engage with it anymore. And I really did. I just was like, I, I stopped checking Twitter. I was so overwhelmed and so mm. sleep deprived. Mm. And then the teaser trailer came out on, I think it was like November 28th. And when mm. I saw mm. that, and I saw that first shot with Finn and that boom, right? The music. Yeah. I was back in and I said, all right, Star Wars, we're back. We're back. And I, and I disregarded all the, all the discourse that I had seen. Um, and that's, that obviously kind of went away with that trailer. Um, but yeah, I remember, I just was like, I, I can't, who cares? We're getting a new Star Wars film guys. Like, come yeah. on, let's be happy. I don't care if it's in July or December, it doesn't matter. This, this is something to be celebrated. And so that, yeah. that kind of frustrated me that, that discourse. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I understand that. Unfortunately, I think I was probably part of the discourse. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you close with your takes, Joseph. But my, yeah, this was uh, early on uh, Schmoes, about a year into producing Schmoes, no movie show. And that's what we did every week. We took the movie news. I'd say some st- silly, stupid jokes about it. And then the, the cast of the show would debate it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that... Uh, that was uh, that was the style at the time. Still is in a lot of spots. And yeah, there was a ton of discussion and understandable confusion slash worry. I, I think the, the Hunger Games, one of the Hunger Games films, is the only one to do any kind of damage, and it was barely ninety million, if I remember my stats. And so, yeah, I I, I got it. Uh, but the, the I think those conversations failed to recognize the changing industry, the potential changes. And also, yeah, of all the film franchises out there, Star Wars could be the one. And no disrespect to MCU, it's doing great things. But Star Wars, December. And now you look at it, I, it almost felt, felt wrong. Solo, you can, and you can talk about the 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 last year of the Solo, the release date. I'm not even talking about that part of the conversation, but it felt weird. To, oh, Star Wars is in May now? Like, it just, yeah. it just took over my brain so fast because Star Wars changed the game. And uh, at the end of the day... I like Star Wars in December. Joseph, uh, were you, uh, we hadn't met yet, but a year prior to you and I meeting. So were you debating this uh, with your friends? No, not at all. I I think for me, uh, and I looked this up to make sure I hadn't uh, imagined it, this November uh, 2013th date was the uh, news of the official release date, but also the news that it was being pushed back from summer 2015. Right. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, the, the quote from Alan Horn, we're very excited to share the official 2015 release date for Star Wars Episode Seven, where it will not only anchor the popular holiday film going season, but also ensure extraordinary filmmaking team has the time needed to deliver a sensational picture. Right. So it wasn't just the release date. It was the great. It's not in the summer. And I think my reaction was like, okay, cool. I love this because I want to see this as soon as possible, but I don't want them to rush it. And thank goodness they're not just going, we'll wait all the way until the following summer. So I only absorbed it from the context of being pushed from the summer to, to December. It was like, cool, mm-hmm. great. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, you had the, the, the YouTube show, Jedi Alliance, Ken, that, that you did, yeah. that you and I met. And I think sometimes we kind of mention it offhand, but I think we've we've picked up lots of new listeners or maybe sometimes, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Were they in a biker gang? Why do they keep talking about being on Jedi Alliance together? Uh, so Jedi Alliance was a, you know, it was a, a YouTube show under, a, you know, an umbrella of pop culture shows. Ken eventually uh, left hosting and I, I took over co-hosting uh, with a wonderful fellow named Mark Donica. And we were doing, Mark and I were doing the show in the real lead up to mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And 
that was a huge amount of the conversation that I hadn't really been exposed to like box office hounds before. Mm. Yeah. I was shocked to see the number of comments we got on YouTube of like this, this movie is going to tank. Star Wars needs to make this amount of money. And even Titanic, even Lord of the Rings has never made that amount of money. And a lot of people were like, quote me on it. 70 million domestic opening weekend. (laughs) Absolutely going to happen. That's the ceiling for December. And I remember being like, I'm new to the, like, I can talk about the story, the characters, the themes all day. And I will, I will, you know, defend myself. Like, I'm not a box office expert. And it's like, I think these people are super wrong. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, domestic opening weekend shatters record. It's 247 million. Yeah. A, you know, a, a redefinition of the Hollywood calendar from this film and you know <laughs> in, in retrospect it, it makes it makes perfect sense because i think summer used to be a little bit more of like yeah hey the the theory is these movies are a little bit more for younger people so yeah. you know hey they're getting out of school they can keep going all summer and it'll it'll give uh, the movie legs right um and i think the reality is that our lives have changed the audience for star wars has changed and december just gives it different legs right of mm-hmm. uh, a hardcore fans can see it opening weekend and then how many of us saw it two times ourselves and then two times with family members over yeah. the the weekends between Christmas and New Year's and all that? So yeah. I think it ultimately made a ton of sense and became a new tradition very quickly. Yeah, which I love that that's another thing on the Star Wars resume. And you're so right. We could go probably on and on about this. But yeah, there was that that, that weird time period. And, and I think once this movie came out and, and did what it did... I, I looked at those movie news discussions differently. I mean, honestly, like this particular news story, it was like, wow, we spent all that time hmm. debating it, wondering. And, and again, that's, that's an industry that, that gets you clicks and, and, and help give me a career in some ways. Not, 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 not biting the hand that fed me, but I just remember thinking, well, that was just a silly waste of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> the industry changed. This is star Wars. And whether, you know, yeah. Anyways, I'm just, I'm, you talked uh, up top, you said, wow, watching Rebels is back to 2014. I am now back in 2014 going, wow, <laughs> we just spent a lot of time not talking about the art and talking about the business around it, which is fun and fun for other people. It's never been as fun for me. And this was one of those stories that kind of was like, well, I guess we just spent a lot of time, two years talking about something we didn't need to worry about. So, yeah. And there I just go. realized I was actually talking about this. I was wrong. So I was thinking 2015. I'm still sleep deprived. It was 2013. <laughs> so I, I actually was posting kind of not salacious, but like, you know, mm. ooh, is there is there trouble in episode seven? Like I was doing those kinds of videos. So I'm I'm to blame. I'm to blame. And I think I realized like that's just not my true nature. But I was trying to like fit in with what was kind of like in vogue at the time, which still quite frankly is. And I yep. remember that by the time I did it, 2015, did come around and I did have my daughter and that's all started who knows what discourse was going on at that point something as there always is and I just was like I can't do I can't do this and then the November 28th thing oh my gosh I was 20 all my dates yeah, no, well, you know, so uh, Jen, I, I thought you might have been wrong in saying that because I was like, well, wait a minute. When I brought Jen to Jedi Alliance, she was pregnant. I thought that was her first child. Yeah. But then I was like, I would think Jen would know more than me. So I'm going <laughs> to. No, I'm gonna, no, I'm you say. were right. Oh. <laughs> hey, it all, it all goes in one. And, 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 and yeah, you did the videos too, but I did them too. And it's not that it wasn't, it, it, we were just chasing trends. It was it was the style of the time and, and was at times fun. I felt it was yeah. really fun to kind of yeah. sportify this stuff. But I think looking back, the lesson that a lot of us maybe should learn is that 
uh, man, it really disengaged a lot of us from the art exactly. and what was on the screen until I met this guy from Minnesota who was like, Hey, I'd love to talk themes and what's up on the screen. I, that started to change. That's why I give Joseph so much credit publicly and hopefully privately uh, of, <laughs> of, 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 I had emerged from the, what's the news story of the week? How can we break it apart? How can we look at the numbers? It's like an NFL pregame show. And uh, some people still love that, but I was the one, the ones like you, Jen, like this, I don't feel this is me mm-hmm. and I got to find something else. So hopefully that led to something else. Yeah, yeah no, I think Absolutely. it did. And, and, and to your credit, Ken, exposing me to a little bit of that side of the world, I think broadened my mm-hmm. perspective and my horizon of like, I never want to ignore the art and what's up on screen and, and the big ideas and the themes, but I am a little bit more engaged with the box office predictions, right? Because mm-hmm. I think not to gamify it, but because it's this really interesting thing of looking at what has come and trying mm-hmm. before and trying to kind of figure out what ha- what might happen based on what has come before, which, you know, is a, is a valid needed thing for, you know, yeah. executives to make decisions. But I think what was really interesting about, force awakens is is all of these arguments about it can only make 70 million maybe 90 million maybe it will crack 100 were based on what has come before and not the idea of what could be Mm. what is different what is new and that to me is one of the enduring secrets and powers of star wars of star wars is always this thing that goes like yeah but what if yeah yeah i know this is the way everything is supposed to be but what if we looked at it a different way and I'm interested now in box office from that perspective of when do the numbers of the past help, but the you yeah. but things change and yeah. something new and fresh breaks through and, and upends every what all the experts know. Yeah, I love it. And the business stuff is important because it's real. And the conversation conversation around solo is about that. Uh, the streaming stuff it's all fascinating. But yeah, art first around these spa, uh, mm-hmm. spots there. Mm-hmm. All right, we are we're done. We did it. We wrapped up. We're gonna get uh, Jen on her way, and we're gonna uh, uh, wrap up the show by saying you can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod or on Instagram and YouTube as well. We got a big uh, live Q and A coming up. Uh, we'll get the final details for you, but it's the week of Thanksgiving. Before we head off to your holidays, sit down with us to do live Q and A. Podcast available in a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, if I didn't say it already, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Facebook at Four Center Podcast. Uh, merch available at teampublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. You can follow me and all the silly things I do at Cadnapsock or Cadnapsock.com. I was joking. I am a Mastodon. It's not my favorite thing right now, but who knows? Maybe it will be because yeah, there was one point when I went, this Twitter thing is dumb in 2011 <laughs> and there you go so don't hold on to the past look to the future uh, you can find me in all those spots jen where can they find you you can find me on instagram and facebook at jennifer landa and my youtube channel at jennifer landa where i'm now posting weekly reaction videos to hey. and or yeah it was a lot of fun i had fun so i'm gonna do more um and thanks to some of you uh who joined me over there are now liking this new format um and i don't know if I, i'm on twitter but i'm not really tweeting that much i might join you ken on mastodon if i can figure out what server to pick <laughs> i don't understand i think i'm on the nerd culture one I don't oh okay know. okay yeah, let's figure that out yeah great <laughs> wonderful joseph you you have been a little bit more successful in navigating mastodon I, that i will say I don't know about that. Uh, I think it's it's just a little bit of a challenge. Uh, for right now, I am staying on Twitter. I think yeah. things are moving fast, and I'm curious to see uh, how they end up. I was like, oh, man, 
tighter Twitter. And then I had a, a real successful tweet this weekend with a typo in it. Uh, so it was, <laughs> oh, classic, classic Twitter uh, for me. Uh, I am on Mastodon. The, the, the whole which server are you on, which instance uh, is really confusing. In theory, it doesn't matter when you have your home screen, but it matters when you try to follow people. Like it, it took me to like eight different screens to be like, sign into this, sign into that. And it's like, I just want to follow this one person. <laughs> I know Ken's in here somewhere, but I can't find him. Yeah. Uh, but I am on, on Mastodon. So, Hey, if you can find me, tell me how to find myself. Uh, <laughs> also on Instagram and TikTok, And of course, uh, posting more stuff on my YouTube channel, more short film, more comedy stuff. Um, I'm also posting, my not unboxing action figure videos as YouTube shorts. So you can now find those there as well. So check out YouTube and Hey, the day that this uh, very episode is coming out, uh, it's election day in America. So if you haven't yet, I'd say, please, please vote. Anybody who says it doesn't matter is trying to take your power away in my opinion. So use your power. That's my take. Indeed, indeed. I dropped my ballot in uh, for last week before I left, and it felt good. So we uh, want you all to vote here. All right, that is it. We've done. We've done it. We've looked at the news. We've looked at Snoke. We've looked into the past. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.